invest in daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives in women, in girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to this week's edition of Invest in Her. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Catherine Gray. I'm the founder of the She Angels Foundation and the She Angel Investors. Uh, together, those are both funding women in profit and nonprofit. Thanks for joining us because today we have on an amazing guest. As you know, every week we have on phenomenal female founders and funders, and today is no different. Today we have on an incredible visionary in the space of digital global transformation. Please give a welcome to the CEO of Lion Share Media, Susan Brazer. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Great to have you. Uh, you're here with me in LA, over in Manhattan Beach, uh, but originally you are from New Jersey, right? That's right. Yep, yep. yep I see that chutzpah <laughs> in you, that East Coast chutzpah. You right, know? right. <laughs> well, you know, I am so glad our paths have crossed because global digital transformation is certainly a topic on everybody's mind and a lot of people don't know a lot about it, including myself. And I want to educate people on the amazing vision that you have in the television space, in the music space, what's coming, what's uh, the next generation that we're looking at with 5G. Um, you are a wealth of information in this arena, and I am super excited to have our audience learn about what you're doing First, I want to talk about your credibility because you have worked with all the greatest companies in this uh, uh, vertical. So Apple, uh, Virgin, um, DirecTV. Uh, let's talk about that. What did you do in those companies to bring you to what you are doing today with Lionshare? That's a great question. So let me give you a little bit of background. I have actually always been at the converging uh, front line of tech. So I started my career at PepsiCo in mergers and acquisition. We did the acquisition of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I ended up going to business school after that and went to Apple Computer, uh, where I launched their first portable computer. I ended up working on a product that a lot of people know called the Newton, which was their first personal digital assistant. Let me and just say, I, you look too young to have <laughs> launched the first laptop computer. I just want to mention that. For Apple. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't the first one entirely. Yeah. But yeah you for know, Apple. I, yeah. Actually, I have, I think being in the tech and on the front line of innovation keeps you very young minded and very on your game. So it's a very um, global sport. And I think it's the key to found, my fountain of youth. Um, but actually at Apple, one of the most exciting products that it was on was a thing called Knowledge Navigator which became Siri and the iPad so many years later, we built that product or designed that product in 1989. And it didn't come to fruition until almost 2012, 2011, 2012. So it, it really educated me on the fine art of doing Silicon Valley product marketing and development. From there, I went to another company in Silicon Valley called Compression Labs, which was the pioneer for all the digital compression that led 
TV to convert to that 500 channel universe, both for satellite and for cable distribution. So I went around the world explaining to people that there would be a very big disruption in the distribution of television services from 20 channels to 500. It would dramatically not only increase the content and the availability, but the way a user can interact, right? There were multiplex channels and user guides. And this was on the front line. What, you know, I, I think that a lot of what I'm doing today at Lionshare kind of wraps back to that era because it is pioneering something that people don't understand that is very uh, a game changer in terms of economics, experience, and efficiency. So, you know, and I just want to mention that uh, I was in cable television advertising back when, you know, we had, you know, a few channels and then the next thing you knew we had 500 channels or whatever. And so I, I lived through that transformation. I see what you're talking about. And we used to insert ads on three or four channels. And then the next thing we were inserting them on, you know, 25, then 80 channels. And it, it, it was so exciting being a part of that boom. So I, I do relate to what you're saying in, in that sense. And actually to take it further, when we pioneered that, um, I ended up going to SES Astra based in Luxembourg, which feeds all the biggest broadcasters of Europe. So companies like B Sky B, uh, Canal Plus, uh, Shinovic in Scandinavia, Kirsch Media and Bertelsmann in Germany, all of whom embraced that new technology. So it was an evolution, both in terms of infrastructure that had to be converted to homes that had to get new boxes. So it became a whole ecosystem. And the advertising that you're talking about was a key thing because first of all, those systems really enabled pay TV services at scale and the idea of a la carte channels as well as that whole advertising system that could go across you know, far more channels. So the value of the advertising and the buying change. So it was a truly innovative thing. Um, I also then worked at Viacom and led their international operations uh, into the Middle East, Africa, and India. Um, it was the first time the Gulf had a bouquet of English and American channels, including MTV. And we localized a lot of the channels. And we there we launched the first music, I mean, sorry, not only the first English music channel, but we, a global music channel, but we also launched the first women's channel called Style, which brought in programming from Oprah. And we did a lot of in market testing and we're one of the earliest groups. It was in 1996 and 97, we really, brought in um, a new perspective for what kind of programming to deliver into the region. So it was really an interesting thing. Um, I think after that, I actually got very heavily into sports um, and media. I went to Kirsch Media's venture fund for the World Cup and we started to pioneer all sorts of new services around um, you know, betting, uh, interactive TV, uh, mobile highlights. We did the first mobile highlight services, avatars, trading cards. The company was in the early 2000s when the go-go internet moment was there. But I think that we were really arcing into mobile very early. Um, and the, the, the learning there was that we created a number of companies that were just, the technology was absolutely behind us. We were in front with the ideas of what we want the services to be, but the technologies on the infrastructure were earlier versions of wireless and the devices were like flip phones. So there was a lot of vision, but not a lot of technology to support it. And that's the, 
you know, I think that there's always a triad between what the consumer experience and the requirements are, the current state of the technology and the ability to execute it, right? And the commercial. And, and I know that you're at that point right now. Like yeah. you are such a visionary having that background that you've had. And also I think things like that kind of are innate, you know, either people are right. like real techies or not, um, but you can see the future. And that's what I love that what we're talking about today is what's coming. And you so clearly see that. And I want to try to explain it in lay terms. And hopefully I can ask the lay questions because I know you understand it, um, but it's hard for the average audience to digest. But what's going to be happening, and you're at the forefront of it, is very exciting. I mean, it's game changing. Yeah. And, and, and so let's talk about that. Yeah, that is. And that's at the car, you know, that's at the heart of what Lionshare Media does. Firstly, I do digital transformation consulting. So I work with a lot of companies in the media and the tech space to evaluate their projects and to determine whether I think that they're on the right track. Mm -hmm. But, you know, where we are today is the 2020s view is very different than the 2010 view. And the 2020s view is that we're looking at a, like a, a convergence of emerging technologies, not just one, that are gonna transform the way we interact uh, with each other, with uh, data, with media, and with the world, right? So- And you had said to me, it's like a convergence of um, virtual AI, uh, yeah. you know, 5G, everything coming together. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what the digital landscape looks like in the 2020s, 5G is launching over the next five years. We'll be evolving and seeing all of this infrastructure is being rebuilt by all the world's telecom operators. I worked at Virgin on 3G, the implementation of 3G. I was at Nokia for 4G, and now I'm leading Lionshare for 5G. So I feel like I've been I've seen some of the cycles and, and that's really, like you said, that really helps me really see. Uh, what's coming. So and what you're promoting is, is called 5G Thin Air or Thin Air 5G? Actually, my project, my platform, the new platform is called Thin Air. It's for 5G media distribution. And it's actually introducing the metaverse concept of distribution, a new form of decentralized distribution. So let me share with you today, as you're familiar, everyone is distributing content across every third party system, whether it's a long form on Netflix or Hulu, any of the over-the-top video services. It could be also on YouTube. People are scattering content, not premium content so much, but clips of premium content mm -hmm. on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, even on Snap. And a lot of those systems are fused really uh, with user-generated content. So it's really hard and increasingly hard to discern, one, how much time every young alpha uh, millennial Zoomer are spending um, looking at social media, um, user-generated content versus really sinking into premium content. So premium content faces a challenge in terms of mindshare and uh, engagement with uh, younger generations that have a lot of access to content. So 5G is like a pillar that's really, I lean up this new thin air platform against that because it's gonna enable tremendous differences in terms of how you distribute content, in terms of speed, um, in terms of resolution and clarity, in terms of uh, reception. So there's a lot of you know, new features. And as well, there's a whole ecosystem of new phones that are coming out and devices that will be 
um, very different than today's phones, right? It will have a lot of new capabilities built into the actual phone in terms of better battery power, um, just an enormous amount of uh, new technology are going into the wireless component. But in addition to that, there are a lot of other changes going on. And probably the most profound change is the, the launch of the third generation of the internet, the spatial web. And the spatial web will allow us almost a 4D interaction. So people talk about augmented reality and virtual reality. Those are almost 3D, right? You can look through the lens of a phone and see an object or device. And in, 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 you know, in virtual reality, you're putting a headset on and you're fully immersed in a view that's 3D. But 4D kind of refers to connecting it to the real world, right? So any experience that you can have, augmented, virtual, mixed, what have you, it's also connected geospatially to where you are and enabling different governance and uh, transactions based on who you are and where you are and what time of day. So Let me ask you a question. Okay, so you're saying the new websites will look totally different? Uh, I, I know you're talking mobile also, but uh, so these spatial websites will be more interactive, more 3D, more animated? So, so let me just say, we're referring them not as websites, we're gonna call them web spaces, that's first, right? So it's got a different dimension to it, got right? It. So you're not only gonna look at something screen to screen. Today, the way uh, technology works is that you're looking like I'm talking to you on, we're basically file exchanging on screens and over a network. That's why I call the new system thin air because it's gonna be more than just file to file. It'll be people to people, it connects internet of things, it connects commerce. It's gonna be more of a dynamic living almost organism in a way. So you'll have your own web space. And that's actually at the heart of the change of distribution that I'm envisioning for the future, which is this. Today, if you're a creator like you are, a producer, you produce your content and you, you kind of do deals and or you post it yourself on whatever site, your own website, uh, social media, a third party site. But in this case, I'm gonna give you a new web app on the new, it's a spatial web app. It's a 5G spatial web app and it will be your own brand. So you can determine what it looks like. So you'll have more control over the brand. Your content will flow into this app, but you don't have to download it from the app store anymore. The app store, even though it works on Android and iOS devices, which is Apple and Google, you know, kind of branded OS, um, it doesn't have to be secured through or purchased, even if it's free from the app store. So they don't have to vet it. It's, it's going to be in thin air. It'll be that you can download it or click on it just with a simple link off of any link and open up your experience. And it sort of is a new app. So, it so um, for instance, as a content creator, as a video producer myself, I would have this app, but also you had mentioned it could be for like, um, a music uh, celebrity yeah. uh, would oh, yeah. have their own app and their own interaction. So instead of like we were talking about in a previous conversation, like for people that remember albums and looking at the yeah. cover yeah. and all, now this is moving into such a more dynamic well, space. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let's talk about distribution like that. I think, first of all, today, when an, an artist major or emerging um, they bear a lot of the costs of distributing their content. They use YouTube, they use TikTok, they use all the, the current modalities. But what's in the future, what the current gate is, 
in the music industry is it really is drilled down to audio streaming is the primary distribution format. So whether you're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or et cetera, you're basically an audio streaming experience, which leave, and by the way, most artists make paltry streams. Even um, if you do a million streams on Spotify, you make like $3,500 if you're lucky. Gosh, so the royalty payout, you know, Spotify works that they license your song, you put your music on their service and they split with the record label if you're on a label and if not through a distributor, you get a certain percentage and it really is a paltry per stream payout, right? That system is broken and it's actually declining. So I believe that artists need a new um, media streaming format that's much more monetizable, that's built for the next generation of the 5G Web 3.0. And this format would allow them to showcase all of their um, content on a progressive release on a very targeted basis to all their fans. It's a global distribution format, but I could send it to you, a song to you, and I can send a song to somebody else and they can see it later. So I can cultivate and know who my community are. I can target them. I can offer them special tickets. This will also uh, break the code for just audio streaming and give artists the premium format that they deserve. So, it will so, be so this would be for someone like Taylor Swift or LL Perfect. Cool J yeah. or mm -hmm. whoever and centralizes it. In other words, you don't have to go looking for their video or their songs in five different places. It's all in one location. That's what right. I it learned is. from but you. And I think it's brilliant and helps them to monetize it better than the current system and more like it used to be. And I think that's what's Actually, cool. It's even better than the used to be. be I was going to say better than it yeah. used to be. Of because course, of you course. used to sell a physical, you know, CD, and that was at the height of when artists made the most money um, and albums. But here, this is even better and exponentially. So we're, you know, we've seen a dip from like the time of records and CDs down to audio streaming. We're going to go see the rise up to the peak again. And and the reason why it's different is we're using a free-to-play business model that's used and adapted by. Uh, mobile games, right? Mobile games make the most money. They make, you know, the biggest games make about one to $3 million a day. All right. So what, what, where the money and the revenue comes in is from things like we talked about before, advertising, microtransactions, like in games, leveling up to get unique experiences, special access, um, sitting in on a creative session. Um, you know, it also has commerce in it. We we're calling this new format the project. Everyone has a project. And so we're replacing the album with a project, which is an immersive mobile media format that really is using 5G and Web 3.0. And actually, it's also using the new streaming format of MPEG 5, which will allow much better video and much um, better augmented reality experiences. It'll have a lot of great feeds and speeds to it so that it will even enhance um, the experience in terms of um, interaction design far better than anything you see today. So, so let me ask you this uh, as a lay person, because that's who will be listening. Um, how does this relate to music and how does it relate to television, this new innovative technology? So the confluence of all this thin air will power this ecosystem of project apps and everyone, whether you're a TV company, a film whether you're an artist, every if you're a clothing designer, everyone can have 
their own app in the ecosystem and they interconnect. So you can promote things across projects, right? So it creates this new marketplace, which is a free marketplace where I can go from my app to your app to that app and have an interaction in that. That's the new design of this thin air decentralized distribution, right? It's That is a new metaverse. Most people think of the word metaverse as a game, which like in Roblox and all the games, you're continuously moving through different experiences, leveling up. And it's the same, but it's slightly different because we're very much focusing back first on video experiences and for premium entertainment. So it's not animated. It's not only game, game engine driven. It is including a whole variety of media. Why it's so... So wait, so it helps... Uh artists to have one location to house all of their right music and videos and everything so you don't have to go looking for them everywhere else how does it uh help like nbc or uh you know film a film company warner brothers whoever how how will it what will it look like for them for uh, for so, us as a consumer right so it's in a sense like we, we had the DVD in our era and this is kind of the new immersive mobile media view of it. So you can, in this kind of format, have an elongated window of release, meaning that you can share in the experience of the actual creation of the film and experience the director's view, the cinematography, the costume design, the set design, you know, kind of run with the, um, you know, the casting and really get involved in the production in a totally new way. So say it's a new Hollywood tentpole movie that's in a series, people already have a lot of back content that they can share. So there's constant library use of third party short form interactive content that people can kind of sift through. So when the actual film releases, you can actually release the full film in this experience as well. You don't only have to do it on a Netflix. And you can have those layers where people are layering up and people always self-identify who become an avid fan. So there's like the super fan for a series or for a film or for an artist. It's all the same dynamic, right? Whether you, and, and so what happens is after the release of the film, and of course there's all the campaign tools to drive people to engage in the actual you know, long form release. But after that, just say it was like a Star Wars, you could say like, there's all these derivative works that can be released. It can be geo-targeted. It can be specifically targeted to specific cohorts in different geographies at different times. And then the idea is that people who are actively engaging, it's a good commerce vehicle, it's a good merch. And of course there's a, the fan immersion layer that cuts across all of the projects which allows people to kind of design and create and contribute. And then they're rewarded for it. So there's sort of that whole level of introducing not only commerce, but social into this as a steady rule. So it's not social, it's like, it's like a new form of social community and engagement for premium entertainment so that it's more revalued. I love that. You know, uh, like I was saying back when I was in cable television advertising and it was a, a big deal that they rolled out more networks. Um, I had heard even back then, 20 years ago, that eventually it would be uh, 
almost customized delivery to you as to what it is that you like to watch. And so I see this is really coming to fruition now. It's been talked about for a couple decades, but what you're talking about is is that customization. And you're saying it's really um, also you had mentioned really moving toward more mobile, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a very mobile first person. And I think 5G, whether it's to your phone or to any screen in your home, uh, essentially it's broadband wireless. It, 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 you know, the attachments are going to be a lot less required. Um, the other thing is that eventually, as we move through the 2020s, hitting like 2027, 28, you're going to, a lot of this doesn't require a screen. And we're starting to see a lot of innovation and in how these new technologies are shaping up. And then they'll either be marked by a location or they'll be mapped. So the spatial web actually, which is emerging, and it's a company called Versus, who I'm partners with to build all this, we're taking a new protocol for the, the web spaces that we talked about. So everything in the world is being mapped. So if you, you know, you'll know it with these systems where content can create, come out of, um, meaning I could be watching a billboard on a building that's very animated, or I could be on a single, I could be in aisle nine of Target and watch Taylor Swift perform an exclusive song, you know? So it's gonna be a real new type of experience in that way. It sounds exciting and uh, complicated all at the same time, but more exciting <laughs> yeah. than anything. And uh, I love that you can see it so clearly and it, it's very exciting that it's rolling out. About how long do you think it'll be before, you know, we have these spatial websites and we have these apps uh, for the artists and the, and the networks and film? Uh, how long will it take? Is this a couple of years? It's an evolution. We're actually building the first set of prototypes this year um, and the platform's being built. There are people on the front end. The key thing about all of this is that the infrastructure for all the wireless carriers is being built out now as well. So it's all timed. I'd say we're building project apps now. Um, and I would say 22, 23, you're gonna start to see a lot of new implementations for us. I'm going to focus more on the video and interactive and smarter video experiences, some AR peppered in, um, much more transactional and frictionless commerce. That's kind of the first era for us. The uh -huh. second era is more the immersive content where you're weaving in these, you know, you know, not just one-off experiences, but you're having, you know, constant evolution of seeing visuals in 3D, if you will. And then eventually the 4D component, which is the spatial media. So I see it going from video to immersive media to spatial media over the decade. Wow, that's very exciting. And so just to kind of wrap it up, it's virtual, uh, AI, blockchain, 5G, all converging. Correct. I mean, it's- make everything like super rich media. I yeah. think one of the most disruptive parts of all this is the blockchain, which is as you know, been involved with blockchain for about six years. So not the not a, the earliest of innovators, but certainly on the front line. But I a lot of people only think of blockchain like as related to like cryptocurrency. Correct, right? But you it's have explained that it's it affects everything: uh, banking, shopping, really it everything. everything. And Global Women in Blockchain is something that you're involved in. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that before we close out here, um, that that is an entity that has a mission to 
educate women on blockchain so that we're a big part of that new evolution as well. Uh, you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah. I mean, what, what excites me about Global Women in Blockchain, and there are a lot of great social groups all over the world, um, women um, are aligned with a blockchain um, because they recognize the transformation of it. Um, it is a transformative technology and it actually has a lot of female qualities to it. The change that blockchain as a technology, not just a cryptocurrency, because cryptocurrency is almost like an application mm -hmm. using blockchain technology. The key to it is that it is more, it allows more accurate, uh, trusted, collaborative, um, transparent, immediate systems. And I think those are qualities in females. So what attracted me to it is that if I could embrace that into say thin air as a product before when we did the earlier generations of this product, we didn't have that philosophy and we didn't have that thinking, but it, um, it solves so many business problems mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, allowing frictionless commerce, allowing people to track their own uh, rights and assets um, in a more efficient way, eliminating the middlemen and the cost of that. Uh, and also, I guess one of the best things is that uh, about blockchain and why I think it's so universal is so many women, it is a decentralized technology. So Global Women um, has a lot of mandates to kind of facilitate the cooperation between women who are engaged in these projects. And there's a lot of collaboration. So the organization is not only just educational, it's transactional. And I think it really builds that collaboration globally. It's a very global phenomenon. I love that. People uh, listening, you should check out Global Women in Blockchain. Yeah. They're a nonprofit and they're educating women in this arena because we want to be at the forefront. Um, and you know what? That's a whole nother show. I can't wait to talk about <laughs> blockchain on a whole nother show because yeah. that is a whole nother uh, conversation. So thank you so much for sharing your amazing uh, insights. Uh, I think you really, a lot of people are going to have learned a lot from what you're telling us is coming. It's very exciting. You've explained it really well and uh, can't wait. And I love what you're doing with Lion Share Media. Uh, I hope there's some media companies and artists out there that are listening and get in touch with Lion Share Media because you, you guys are at the forefront of making all this come together. Um, and they can find you, uh, want to give your website and your social. Yeah, well, actually, we're, we're doing Susan. You can contact me directly at Susan at LionShareMedia.com. Uh, our website, LionShareMedia.com is up, but I think there are, we're, you know, we're, we're, we'll be launching, we're doing a soft launch shortly. So we'll have a lot of communications out to the marketplace, but for any content creators and digital transformation folks that want to learn more, please feel free to give me a call. Or, right. And um, <laughs> uh, also they can follow you on social media. Yes. Uh, what's your social handle? Um, um, in, uh, I mean, Susan Brazer at uh, Instagram. Um, it's same as uh, Twitter. Um, all, also, um, Lionshare Media Twitter, um, and on social, it's Susan Brazer on Facebook. So, yeah. Great, yeah. great. They will find you. Yes. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time. Um, as everyone knows, you can follow us at She Angel Investors. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for being our guest today, Susan. And great. remember, everybody out there to invest in her. So important. Take care. Make it a great week.
theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.